Hello, how's it going? You're welcome to the Knock On KCLR and Scoreline.ie's weekly rugby podcast. Joined this week to my left-hand side with Tom Crotty. Tom, how's it going? Hi, Steve. All good at the moment. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Uh, the other fellas, um, usually have James Blanchfield and uh, Johnny Tobin on with the boys, are tied up. It is coming to the end, and it is actually the end, Tom, of the local rugby season as well. So uh, the podcast will sort of change slightly over the next few weeks will follow of course Leinster's progress if they get beyond the Champions Cup semi-final uh, this week um, will follow their progress on to the final and uh, probably take a summer break then after that and see how it goes until the South East Cup or whatever is back next year Tom um, yeah but uh, in the meantime anyway we'll we'll, we'll chat about uh, what we have uh, in front of us um, yourselves the J2 plate um uh, last weekend, uh, very disappointing, I suppose, to lose that one out, Tom. Considering the seconds team that you had, it's such a good league, and you know, all that momentum as well. And you know, the game against Kilkenny for the first, but just that whole club sort of momentum as well. It just it wasn't expected, I don't think, not from my point of view, anyway. Yeah, um, well, look, we're, we're very disappointed on, 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 on Sunday, um, it kind of aim to try and win the try and win the well it's what the boys deserve that's what they had a really good league season but um and then kind of lost lost the lost the cup game when they were missing a few players and a bit of a lacking a bit of experience that day and we had two really good games running into it against gory and a really fantastic game against kilkenny and to be honest if we played the same way we played against kilkenny um we would have won we definitely would have won at the weekend I think, look, there's no, you can give all the excuses. We can give a lot of excuses for a game and, and, and winning or losing or whatever happens. But um, I think a lot, like it's a long old journey up. There was a hot, warm day and go, we decided to go up on a bus. I don't know whether that was the right idea or not. But um, I think they kind of, just the focus kind of left a bit. I know lads were probably thinking it's the last game of the season, you know, and I don't know if our, if our focus was 100% coming in, coming into it, um, even though, you know, they wanted it to be. Um, and But it just, they started very poorly, had a really, really poor start. Um, just didn't seem to get into the game. Um, well, they we just had a ridiculous amount of penalties. We had, there was 12 penalties, I think it was, 12 penalties in the first half, two yellow cards against us, and I think uh, North Mead had two penalties uh, against them. So if you balance that out, um, that is not good. So by the end of the like by the end of the first half, we were you know we were losing eleven nil. They got um, they got two kicks with six. Then they got a, a breakaway try. We tried to get in the corner. Their fullback was a young fella, extremely good kicker. Um, got the conversion. So. Um, like we went in at half time, uh, tried to regroup, came back out, started playing some good rugby again. Um, got down into got a penalty, so it was 11 3. Um, we got down to the into their 22. We had a penalty given to us, uh, so we played advantage. This was on the left hand side of the post inside the 22. The ball went across to the right hand side. Um, referee seemed to give uh, another penalty another advantage to us 
then the ball was whipped across to the eventually was whipped across to the left hand corner um Callum Murphy went in in the corner but got his head nearly taken off with a high tackle and uh, we didn't know whether he scored or not the ref went over to the linesman on that side they had a conversation uh then he came over to the linesman on our side uh and all of a sudden then two captains were brought in and it was a, a penalty against Carlo for an infringement now right. I don't know why how I know an infringement will supersede but if it's if it's before the pen before a penalty is given but as far as we could see we had been given two advantages and nobody heard advantage being called uh that advantage was over and if you're playing an advantage the, the a penalty the first penalty counts not the second one and the second one was for pushing off the ball i don't know what how seen if it is an incident fair enough it was really, really frustrating. Um, then the lads just cut everything. Just went um, really against us. Uh, we got got beaten in the scrum a couple of times. Give away more with a couple of penalties against that in the scrum. We we tried to come back. Um, they brought on their on a on a player who would have he would have played number eight for Ashbourne and that uh, named Dippy super athlete, but. He just got a breakaway try, so like everything just went again, went totally. A lot of frustration with some of the decisions, but to be honest, my way of looking at rugby, anything is, any sport is, if you play accurately, you play well, you know, you can beat any decisions that are against you. But mm-hmm. if you're not playing well, all those little decisions that go against you make for more frustration and more frustration, and. Uh, just look, it didn't go away. And look, fair, I'm not putting down any excuses for anything. Not me played well. They, I mean, they were up for it. They're a J two club. It was their first team. Um, they were really hungry for silverware. And and uh, look, I have to say, hats off. They gave us um, they gave us some um, uh, their catering afterwards and their hospitality. Like you know, they did a barbecue, give everyone burgers and sausages, all and everything. It's like you couldn't ask for a nicer day. The sun was shining. Um, ah, look, we'll get over it. We're really disappointed, but sure, the lads had their beers and whatever on the way home, and and uh, they had a good night afterwards. And look, that's that's sport, and that's why we play it. Well, it just gives us the egg on to to come back next year. But look, I have to say, well done to the whole lot of them, um, and their management. Uh, Paul and Tugby and and the lads, they're just uh, they just really, really and Ed Keaton, um, they just really, really stuck it in there all year. So um hats off to everybody involved and I have to look, I have to as president of the club, like I'm I'm so re- so proud of him. As I said, the results didn't go on the day, but that's that's sport and uh, that's the as I said, you will be good numbers training during the week beforehand and in May, playing in May, it's just great to have rugby in May and that many players out. So, look, it's good for the club and good for going forward. So, let's put it behind. The lads will put it behind them. We'll move on and regroup for next season. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a break now for the lads, of course. And, uh, you know, take all that momentum, as much of it as you can, into next year anyway. Um, just on local stuff before we head across to the provincial stuff or the Heineken Champions Cup, just congratulations to Kilkenny Rugby Club. They were named our April winner of the David Buggy Motors and KCLR Kilkenny Sports Star Award. Of course, the um, 
fellas were Towns Cup champions this year and the women's team as well won the Division 5 Cup as well as all their league uh, exploits uh, for the women and uh, all the under-8 teams as well. It recognises the whole club uh, for this year. Um, so congratulations to them. Tom, uh, on to uh, the provincial stuff at the weekend. Um <sighs> Uh, you went up to watch Munster to lose up in the Aviva Stadium. I was watching it on uh, a laptop. Um, and, of course, I'm a Leinster man out and out. And that, but we always support the other Irish provinces, uh, where, where, however they're going or wherever they're going and different competitions. Uh, um, that was some match between Munster and Toulouse. And like me, like the rest of a lot of people and yourself, you probably needed a defibrillator by the end of it. Um, it was just... That sort of a game, but it was such it was such a good atmosphere. You could feel it through the TV or whatever way you were watching it. You were at the match as well. It was uh, a terrible how it ended up, but uh, what what a game as well. It was absolutely yeah, Jesus. So it was unreal. Um, it really was a sea of red. I have to say, hats off to um, hats off to Munster. They um, their supporters club and their club as a whole got got behind. Um, Got behind the team, you know, after having a really poor kind of mid-season, early season, they started well, mid-season kind of drifted off. All the thing with Van Graham leaving, players leaving, uh, what they turned their season around and uh, they have the, the game against Exeter, the game against Ulster. And then to come into this at the weekend was hats off them because they really, the supporters were unbelievable. They, the place was just a complete sea of red. There was no... Uh, it's a long time since I've been in the Aviva that there was nobody coming in and out with drinks passing me by. Everybody was intent on the game. You know, it, it was just, it was the first time, long time, wait till half time that everybody was just running, running you know, to get a break from it. But it was, uh, the, the atmosphere to start before we get into rugby was cracking. Absolutely cracking, and I'm sure great. that great uh, day, it'll so. be the same. It'll be the same again this weekend. Just unfortunately, I can't get up to it. But it, I'm presuming it'll be the same. You know, you have to. Yeah, it was just from the start of it, from the the, the pre-match singing. You know, the stand up and fight, and and then into that. And at one stage, they uh, had uh, the cranberry zombie started playing just at the end of half time and um, I have to say the the hairs nearly stood on the back of my yeah. neck it was, but uh, now on to the more important part the rugby it was outst an outstanding game and um, Monster really 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 stuck it to them um, yeah. you know it was, it was their accuracy was so much better than it had been before their um, the way that uh, there was ball going out the back it was you know trying to get the ball wide um you know i know they got caught on the on the scrum a couple of times but that was we said this week we said it last week we were a bit you know that was one thing we were afraid of was the scrum um but their accuracy their accuracy this week was just phenomenal it was way way better it was something that's going to i know going forward will give everyone in and not just in monster but everyone across the country kind of a a little bit of a boost for them that we might actually have I know, a prov another province really competing. You know, the country needs it. Leinster needs it. You know, um, to see that there was a couple of un like it's unfortunate little things that went. You know, went wrong. The the try that the, the last try that went in the third try. I know Mahoney was Mahoney got there should have been a penalty there. Uh, um. 
I think from the out half uh, went in. He definitely went in and it went in the side and it should have been a penalty. And just off that, then from the line out, they got that. They got that try, you know. But I, I can't really say anything between them. Young Contellan was absolutely outstanding. Was, he has to be one. Yeah. Like that kid is, and we are saying kid to me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyone, that's around, anyone that's around 28 years of age to me now is, is, is a kid, but like just he hadn't just rose again. He like he had a massive game against Ulster, you know, but just kind of stepped up one more step. And the subs that came on were phenomenal. Uh, I think that we had little issues with probably when it comes down to the end, losing O'Mahony was a massive loss. It wasn't taken off, he was taken off. On the basis of injury, not on because I he would there's no way he would have been taken off to the end, you know, uh, if he could have stayed on to the end of that game. And I think when it came down to it, and we went in for especially in the last minutes of extra time of the extra time when we were coming up to the a chance at a drop goal, I think everything was that bit rushed. If you look back on, on previous, you know, historical games. Where once we went through the phases and it was just so you know we'll just chances we're going to go through twenty phases twenty five yeah. phases and we're yeah. not going to give up until we're in a right prime position and then we're just going to take our time, give the ball back and you know Gareth slotted it over but there's no reason I would kind of wondered why Joey Carberry didn't stand up coming into those last phases and maybe stood in instead of Healy, either just with a bit more experience under that under that massive pressure. And like you're in a cauldron of of complete pressure from every all like you all the Munster fans looking in that you haven't had that atmosphere before. There's no way Healy had that atmosphere before. Yeah. Whereas you look at Joey Kirby would have had that attitude coming into from Chicago, especially, yeah. and the kicks that he got during the autumn, even the autumn internationals, and so. So, I don't understand why there was maybe he doesn't have the. I don't know. He doesn't seem to push himself, or just not that aggressive. I mean, that was Sexton. There's no way if Sexton was playing fullback, he'd burst his way through everyone to get to, oh, yeah. to, to stand into that pocket, you know. Yeah. And and I think the same when it came down to the kicks, the pressure kicks at the end when it went into. Um, when I went into the the, the penalty kicks, uh, Carberry actually took the easier side, whereas Healy took the harder kicks. And if you were to think about it, it, it doesn't make sense that why Joey didn't step up and say, or why he wasn't to stand up and say, "Look, I'll take the hard this side is not your norm." Like they're both the same right footer kickers. Yeah. So they're both going to have Joey, one side that's not as good as the other. Yeah, so the right-hand side kicks were going to be hard yeah. all the time, yeah. So you're putting the pressure on Healy, who's a young player, as I said, didn't have the, all that experience. And I know he has got the boot of uh, a, a fantastic boot. We saw him, it was this one, uh, it was Scarlet or someone, that I, I can't remember the game, in Wales, uh, when he came on the first time, he, he was really kind of introduced to the senior thing. And he kicked a kick from inside his own half, straight through the post to win the game. But that wasn't pressure. It was, you know, it didn't have the crowds. It didn't have that whole weight. I mean, it's a young player again, having that pressure. But uh, look, I think it's a little bit of experience, and uh, 
these things are going to have to go forward. Leinster have had so many years under the cosh, you know, getting to that and getting their finals. They've got a, a format of winning, whereas Munster are behind in that belief and, and the little bit of accuracy, the final bit of accuracy. It's an awful pity because Jesus would have been so much this weekend to have the, the two teams. And we couldn't knock out Toulouse. Like, yeah. Toulouse is supposed to be the best team in the world. Or the you know best club side basically in the world, best club side in, in in Europe last year. Like they were made look, diff, you know they were made look very vulnerable, very beatable, and it's an awful pity because once we could have done it, and what a weekend we would have had this weekend. You know, like Crow Park, two thousand nine. <laughs> yeah, it's going to go back to, and it would be just a fantastic. It, it just, you know, it could have been another game for history, but look. They'll yeah, they'll have to wait, and, and, and it was nearly. It would have been like the reverse of two thousand nine. Leinster were coming in as the underdogs, and Munster were flying high at the time, and it could have been the changing of the guard this time. Now you know yourself. <laughs> yeah. Leinster were the ones flying high with all the expectations, and Munster coming to you know the Aviva Stadium for it and beat us. You know, and I'm always worried about yeah. Munster, regardless, as a Leinster supporter. I'm worried about Toulouse this weekend. You just never know. Um, I think, I think overall, Tom, the the defeat to Leinster by Munster uh, in Tomman Park a month or so ago, um, there was a real feeling of the straw that broke the camel's back with that because it was around the time of the announcements of uh, Van Gran leaving and then oh who's going to take over and oh, Munster, you know they're in a what's going to happen? Like um, you know, there's so much uncertainty in that, and then. The the next couple of champions, the, what there was one or two games after that, then Munster really stood up and the atmosphere came back. You were down at that match in Thomond Park, uh, you know things started to turn a bit and they've been on that ever since. And then with the coaching ticket, like we've spoken about on the show, being secured, that brings on a bit of confidence. And Jesus, that match last weekend is going to do worlds of good for Munster and then Munster playing Leinster in a few weeks in the Viva again like and you know what if Leinster are keeping their eye on a final if they beat to lose this weekend you know that could be Munster's little uh, smashing grab uh, like look I think it's uh, I, I think it, look we keep saying and uh, we said it from the start of this podcast you need always need to have your provinces firing to produce the best team that Ireland can produce you know because we never know. It's grand to say, yes, we have Leinster have so many players and they are developing amazing players. And, you know, it is a phenomenal team. But what happens if we're missing the player who just doesn't, because Munster are not firing, decides, ah, I don't think, I don't think I'll play rugby. I might go, I might go play G. I'm, you know, some guys there, he's in between football or hurling and, and, and rugby. And this, that guy could have been, you know, the next full back for Ireland or the next centre or whatever it is, and all of a sudden it kind of goes, uh, because the province is not that province is not firing, he goes off and plays another sport. So he, if all the provinces are firing, there's atmosphere and, and it brings a buzz back into the brings a buzz back into the Limerick and brings a buzz back into Cork or it brings a buzz back into Galway or back into you know no up to Belfast and all of a sudden then kids are looking at this and the next minute oh Jesus, you know I might go play. Oh, I've been offered. I've been offered an academy. Oh, maybe I'll take that academy instead of playing football for Cork or whatever, you know, Hurling for Galway. And, you know, so I think it has done the world a good. Yeah, it was a real, it was a real, that game did turn it, I'd say, for Munster more than, more than anything else. Um, 
but uh, I think it's um, I think they're starting to get themselves back on track again, you know, and and and, and it's great, it's great to see, and we are look, everyone will look forward to seeing the uh, monster playing again, playing again uh, two weekends away, but um, we have big game ahead with Leinster this weekend, which is. After last weekend, I thought I thought Leinster were really, really good. I think they're first the way they went out and uh, got stuck into just straight got stuck into Leicester. I don't know yeah. they allowed Leicester. They don't allowed Leicester. But Leicester didn't play well. Yeah, they didn't. Tom, I didn't think. And uh, because I was watching the Munster match, I missed the tries for Leinster <laughs> until I flicked it over. I was like, ah, they're twenty nil up or whatever it was yeah. at the time. Um, but. Lencer started really strong. They sort of blew them away quickly. Um, and uh, Jesus got two tries up or two tries in the penalty, I think it was. 14, 15, 17 points, yeah. Um, yeah. That, that really sp- starts planting seeds it out in your head. It doesn't matter if you're at home or whatever it is, but like two two tries and a, and a penalty to try and catch up, two converted tries and a penalty, that's tough going. But I, I thought, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'd probably expected more from Leicester, but then again, was that Leinster? Um, Hard to know. I think Leicester didn't play well. I thought in the second half, just <laughs> we didn't didn't get home. <laughs> it was well over by the time I got home. Uh, <laughs> out out of out of the Aviva, but it's after watching the game again and looking at it. I think in the second half, I think Leicester when they try to get up wide actually put there is areas I'd say Cullen will be a little bit concerned about because I think in the second half when they started getting the ball Leicester started getting the ball wide they did put they did put Leinster under pressure and there is like Leinster not infallible either you know so no. but and I think as the game progressed I think Leicester got more into it they their accuracy kind of got a bit better there they started as I say started to spread the ball wide uh, and I'm surely you'll have a, a few concerns like Sexton got a bit of a bang again um, Keen Healy's, you know, is dodgy enough for this weekend. Go, yeah. Um, but I have to say this: Gibson Park is awesome, and yep. he has just got better and better and better and better. And if I was to look, I look, I watched both games. Um, I actually watched some of the Munster game again afterwards, and then watched the full Leinster game, flick between them, and that's there's there's. Gibson Park is, is definitely on the heels of, of Dupont as the best scrum half around. Yeah, he is just—I don't know what it is lately. He's just matured and just. Yeah. And, and I Andy, think Andy Farland lads have spotted that, and a lot of people were questioning, "Oh, why? Why is he? Well, you know, why is he in the Ireland? You know what I mean? There was all that stuff as well. But like, he's justified himself a lot, for, especially for Leinster and in the Ireland internationals as well, Tom. Well, look, everybody would have, we would have, everybody would have said Luke McGrath was, uh, Luke McGrath was the, the, the yeah. up and coming, was going to be the Irish scrum, was going to be the next Irish scrum half. And Luke is a fantastic player. And mm-hmm. I mean, you can see what he does for Leinster, you know, when Gibson Park is not there and he goes in as captain and so on. Like he's, but that was kind of said, why does, you know, was Gibson Park there? But he has just really taken the mantle. He's just really taken the horse by the reins and just gone for it. Like he's he's his pass is electric. It's just so quick. Everything yeah. is moved. Decisions. He's and he's actually decision making in defense is just as good. I mean, there's one thing, you know. 
we've all said Conor Murray has gone slower and whatever and his box kicking and but we've always looked at Conor Murray has been a superb defender and that's and that was one of the things to have him there and I'd say it was their decision why they picked Murray to start definitely to, to, to start against Toulouse because to mm-hmm. keep Dupont I mean you have to watch him whereas I think Gibson Park is equally is, is his defensive game is becoming superb the way he's running running the defence you know he's 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 controlling that defence from from scrum half he's also electric when I mean he can take you have to watch him he can take the ball himself he can you know he can cut he will take a dart if, if mm-hmm. a gap opens he's gone you know, yep. so you have to watch him. He is, as I say, he's a superb pass. He's decision making is cracking, and I think he's really on the heels of Dupont as uh, as as one of the best scrum has in the world at the moment. Yeah, and he even poached. Uh, didn't poach he jackals uh, against Leicester the weekend and got your man for holding on. And I was there looking. and says that Gibson Park, <laughs> and it was. But yeah, you know, it just um, sign of the strength of the lad as well. Um, he couldn't be moved off your man anyway. But yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, and it takes that takes a bit of pressure off Johnny Sexton because I think there was a lot of talk about playmaking and decision making with Leinster and the half backs and everything. And I've, I've noticed more and more, Tom, and I think it's been said on the podcast as well that if the likes of Gibson Park, um, Luke McGrand, those lads, sort of, you know. You know, guiding the team around the pitch a bit more that it's not all Johnny, you know, whether he's first receiver or not, it's not all on his shoulders all the time either, as well. And that helps, of course, as well. Um, you know, take takes the pressure off and that you don't have Johnny right up on the line every time, even though that's where he wants to play. Like, yeah, and and I mean, we need, I think, Leinster need Johnny so much. So if if he can take some of the pressure off, it's you know it, it's it can be nothing but good. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think Leinster are, are a different team this season compared to last season. I think just yeah. their pack, the front row are really solid. Um, like and the replacements as well. You have an you have the an Irish starting front row, and um, you have two of the best. Hook, we probably have the two best hookers in the in the, to me in the country. So and there's very little difference between the between the two. Porter is just getting better and better and better each game. So when you have a front row, that's I mean, the whole spine of the teams. I always look at the spine of a team, saying like you go from your hooker, your eight, your nine, your ten, and your fifteen. It's the spine of a team, and we have probably I would say near enough the best spine of a team, and and definitely in Europe. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I totally agree, and probably and probably further afield. But I mean, yeah. just look at us as Europe. Like there is that whole spine of Leinster's team, and everything works from works from there. The control from there, there like it's just. I hope now when we go to the weekend, I like I'm sure, um, Toulouse will look at how they can the same way as Monster had to control Dupont. Uh, I'm sure Toulouse will have to say, how do we control Gibson Park? What can we do to close Gibson Park down? What can we do to close Johnny? And I'm sure they're going to, as normal, we'll target Johnny because our Johnny does uh, knows nothing else but going forward and uh, he doesn't really mind the old body. So I'm presuming, you know, he will be targeted. But I think that's why sometimes just get rid of the ball, Johnny, sometimes and, and, and... don't be the lads take the punishment. 
But then we want to like, what do you do? Because he can't. He does well. He doesn't know how to mind himself anyway. So he's going to take the ball to the line. If you're taking the ball to the line, you're in. You're in. You're in a position there to get that. Everyone is looking for that split second hit. You know, and the ball is passed just yeah. as the ball is passing to hit, just to give a little dink. Um, yeah. You know, so. But I think Tula or Toulouse are a very very beatable team. If um, there is ways to beat them. I think yeah. Leinster at home. If they and I, I won't be saying if they've half the atmosphere that was there last weekend behind them, like I we couldn't hear the Toulouse supporters are up in kind of one corner and every so often you'd hear them and then they were just drowned out. So it is you are going to call last as I said last week was a sea of red. This week's going to be a sea of blue. Um, so their little red corner would. Would seem very small. Stand no out like sort of. they say, you know, I wonder whether what they say. I thought, I, I think this week, uh, I think Leinster will do. I, I said it earlier after, after Munster went out. Uh, the first thing I said, and after seeing the results of the weekend, I said it's going to be a La Rochelle Leinster final. Yeah. That's what I think myself. But then again, um, so Rasson had a queer go game the other day. So yeah, I know. Uh, Mr. Ogar will have to play his best to beat them too. There wasn't spending. They had a phenomenal game, and yeah. uh, I'm sure Mike Brennan gets love to have one last hurrah with Rasson before he before he packs up and goes home. But actually, uh, yeah, but it's going to be. I think one way or the other. I, I, Okay, look, we're betting, man. We'd have to say, I'd have to say, it's going to be a La Rochelle Leinster final. That's the hope, anyway. Um, like in a in a way, Munster. I don't know it's been said jokingly as well. Have probably softened up Leinster a bit in the or, uh, Munster have softened up Toulouse a bit, I suppose. Toulouse, uh, at the same turnaround as Leinster, um, a couple of hours more maybe, but they had to fly home and train and fly back, um, and back to the same. Uh, to the Viva again, obviously as well, um, and probably a higher intensity game than Leinster's uh, game against uh, Leicester at the weekend. Like Leinster did their work in the first 20, 30 minutes, first half, and then sort of sat back. I felt anyway, sat back mm. into second gear and sort of cruised home and got the job done. You know, and mind the bodies as well, thinking ahead to the next week or whatever. I don't know if that's the actual fact, Tom, but that's that's how it appears anyway. But um. Toulouse have that as well, so they have a bit of pressure to know how good we are. Um, yeah, I think the mental challenge for Toulouse is bigger um, this week. Yeah, because it, it's kind of, where with Le- I suppose it's the opposite on Leinster. They, like, I know some of the games when they're playing, uh, they're playing a certain say, weaker teams, or when they're playing sometimes in the URC, that they, they'll suddenly go bang, they'll throw out, there's a, they'll, Get a few tries in, and all of a sudden they're they're ahead. And then after that, then every like, I, you know, you said it doesn't matter what, whether it's soccer, whether it's rugby, if a team gets a team gets a, a good lead like that, you, you tend to just kind of sit back a tiny bit. It's very hard to to keep it up, but it's normally the opposite for Leinster when it comes to the big game. It's you know the slow start is tight, is tight, is tight, is tight, is tight, and then bang, they hit you in the last in the last twenty minutes. Yeah, and I think with Toulouse, I think they have the difference between Leinster and Munster when it comes down to the last, the last twenty minutes of the game or last ten minutes of the game, or even if it does go to if it did just 
by the mad chance that another game would go to extra time. I just think Leinster have too much experience on the bench and too much experience on the pitch. I didn't Munster didn't have that the the you know as good as Craig Casey is when it came down to the real crunch, you know, it just you're just missing that bit of real experience. Absolutely. And all of and that's back down to the Leinster players that played for Ireland and have played against the All Blacks and have had the big, you know, it's their pressure games, they're the Calderon games, they're the ones that that are really going to bring them on. And I just think that little bit of experience, I think there'll be there are different different kettle of fish to Munster against against Luce. I think at the end of it, I I think Leinster really have that to have the players that they have on the bench to come on and the experience that is even on the bench. It's ridiculous. I really think they just. Yeah. Uh, I think Toulouse will crack it. I think if they get in on him, I think he can crack Toulouse because I don't think they get. They won't get it the wrong way. Yeah. What do you reckon, Tom? Will Leinster go out and try and blow Toulouse away early on and do a, do that sort of a scenario? Um, you know, because you know Toulouse will drop the heads if there's a try or 10, 12, 13, 14 points go in on them. Well, it's easier right. said than done now. <laughs> well, we're going to go, of course, we're going to go for it. And, and I mean, yeah. we have, like, we have, uh, like, we have a good mod. They're going to go, like, Toulouse, of course, are going to, where, they, where are they going to attack? They are going, to, like, it's just common sense that they're going to try and attack the pack. Yeah. They're, you yeah. know, they're going to train and do the, what La Rochelle did last yeah. year. They are going to try and hit them up front. But this is a different Lancer team. This is yeah. a team that has experience. They've gone through that. Even their young fellas going to South Africa at that time. I mean, the players are they're they're used to bigger games. They're yeah. used to more physicality. I think our pack has improved. I think our pack has improved from week in, week out. And uh, I I think it's going to be so tight. I think Leinster will go out and just try and hit them merrily. Yeah. But I think it, I I still think it, if it's going to be that. It's going to be down to the last couple of minutes of the game. The last, the last twenty minutes is really where I see that. I think that's where the game will be won or lost. Is definitely the last 10, 10, 15, 20 minutes of the game when bodies are really sore and bodies are tired. And I do think that the game that Toulouse had against Munster will be not as not as uh, uh, will be far more draining than the game yeah. that Leinster had against Leicester. Yeah. You know, but look. Yeah, get the sport is sport and cups are cups, you know, but yeah. we'll have our fingers crossed and everyone will be shouting for Leinster. I mean, exactly. It'd be, it'd be last, it'd be last Irish team left in it and against three French teams, I suppose. Um, yeah, I know it'd be the hard one to watch, you know, uh, if the Leinster are changing their front row and you've got Dan Sheen, Keane Healy, if he's fit, and uh. Um, Michael Alalatoa coming on as well. Um, like that's a serious front row. Never mind all the other players. Um, you know, James Ryan was back, of course, last week as well. He was doing. He did serious work at the lineout. Tom, a lot of steals yeah. and just you'd think he was never away. Like he was um, incredible. You know, that wrestles it. Then wrestle to him. Oh, absolutely. And. Ryan had to watch, you know, there was a time it was kind of given out about Ryan that he wasn't performing for Ryan, wasn't performing, didn't think he deserved his Irish place. But he does do an awful lot of dog work as well. You know, it's not, he's not a big ball carrier, he's not the one that's not going the to make big runs and the all the glamour, you know. But he does yeah. do, if you watch him and study him as he goes, he his dogged work 
you know the work that he does around the bar on you know and rook time and off the ball and different things you know he just does that dirty work that you don't see and he's a huge asset to have back absolute Absolutely. huge asset to have back in I think if Leinster get over to lose at the weekend and, and uh, La Rochelle do the job on uh, racing, I think Leinster would probably love to face La Rochelle after what happened last year. It'd be a nice, it'd be a nice little sort of narrative, uh, Tom, to finish out the year, but we won't count our chickens yet with a game to play on Saturday still. Um, but uh, it's been like... <sighs> What a couple of months ago we were talking about the Heineken Cup this year, and it was all going to be a farce. And of course, Leinster were get had to give not had to give the walk over that Montpellier were given that game because of all the COVID stuff at the mm. time and that. But it's actually turning out to be a half decent. Uh, <laughs> this side of the knockout. This side of the tournament, the knockout parts as well, it's been pretty okay so far. Like we, had, you know, Connacht got into the round of sixteen and that as well. So, um. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it hasn't been, been, been half bad, like. No, she's has it's been cracking, and the last couple of games, um, as it moved on from, as I'm, you know, as as it moved on from the the Exeter game down to Holmond, and you know that we from that weekend from the the quarter like the quarter finals into the quarter finals, it's been uh, there's been some fantastic rugby, and I wonder you talk about it, but the. What's the, what's the other one? The other competition, the London Irish and the Challenge London Irish, Cup. Two, the Challenge yeah, Cup. London, yeah. And London Irish and Toulon was a cracking game and some fantastic was, rugby brilliant. played. Yeah. And there has been some really, really good rugby on, on that tournament as well. So, I mean, there is, if you look at it, and anybody who's into rugby, there's a huge amount of really, really good games has has have been played last weekend. And uh, I think this weekend we're going to have four more games. You got the Challenge Cup games are just as good. We kind of forget about because it doesn't get the, it's not getting the profile TV wise that the, but you also remember like there is teams, Saracens are, Saracens are down there. Uh, Toolunners are in it. So I mean, the big teams are in that as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, Because one thing and another in COVID, they have ended up down there. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's going to another cracking weekend of rugby. Can't wait. Absolutely. Um, and just some news there that popped in during the week. The EPCR have uh, dropped that two-legged round of 16. So we won't be playing Connacht home and away, basically, if it was this year. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think of the two-legged thing, Tom? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what to think uh, about. Yeah, it, so. it gave us, look, it gave us good games. It's more rugby, yeah. Be short and sweet about it. Um didn't work. Cup rugby, <laughs> cup rugby is, to me is knockout. It's you have two teams turn up on the day. One cup, one is always favourite. There's always a favourite, and there's one underdog. And in cup rugby, there's a, there are so many times that that underdog gets the performance of a season and knocks out the favourite. And um, I think especially with the the likes of Leinster, you get one pop at Leinster. You, if you either you can beat them in the if you beat them you're going to beat them in the first game you ain't going to beat them in the second game after you know <laughs> yeah you beat them once they'll definitely come back at you the next time um we just that's just using a lens to but i mean the, the, any team you can turn it around you know like monster lost against exeter away at exeter they got you know but they kept the points down to enough there was about five points in it so when the turnaround came you are brought at home in park and 
if they played any way to their to you know for the crowd or had, had any passion at all, they were going to throw the kitchen sink at it, and they did, and they won the game. So you know you have that, but to me, it still takes away from cup rugby is you get okay. one chance. You know you get to me, you get one chance at it. It's um, and it's and that's the, way, that's the way. That's what that's does. Yeah, it does make it more exciting. We don't it need does. that extra game. You know, you don't need that. Rugby doesn't need that extra game. TV wise, it just doesn't be enough. Think, in seasons long enough as it is without having yeah, extra. It brought a few bob to the clubs that were involved, of course, with the home and away legs on it. Um, you know, the year after COVID restrictions and all that sort of yeah. stuff. So I suppose it had that sort of a advantage to it. But going forward with everything back to normal, it'd be, there's no real need for it as well. And I, I, yeah, I think the general consensus is, ah, you know, leave it, go back to the old format and yeah. and stick with that. Uh, Tom, I'll we'll probably wrap it up there, I'd say, for the week. Um, if Leinster... Uh, Beat to lose this weekend. We'll do another podcast. We'll keep her going and we'll follow Leinster in anyway and, and the other progress of that. But the local season is wrapped up now. So the lads are getting a well earned, uh, lads, ladies, and everyone else getting a well earned rest as well. There's a couple of tag rugby tournaments happening. Kilkenny, there's a Marvel City Sevens. The Marvel City well. Sevens is on at Kilkenny, which is yeah. uh, for anybody out there who's actually listening and wants they should put teams in or go down and watch it or. Get a tent and stay for the night because I tell you it's, it's great. It's great, it is great. It's great. It's, look, it is great old crack. Um, yeah. and it's there's there's a couple of sevens tournaments around here. Like the midnight sevens in um in Tullamore, which is another another superb event. They play the sevens through the night. Ah, it cheers, starts, Tom. It starts, it starts at night time and, and runs through. Um, that's what's called midnight sevens. It finds at midnight, I think, or something like that. I'd like midnight um, mass. It's eight o'clock in the evening. Yeah. <laughs> and it has been has been really successful pre-COVID, so um it's part of plenty to keep us going over plenty to keep us going over the summer. And we have autumn Absolutely. internationals back in summer internationals and we do plenty of it. Yeah, they're, they're off to New Zealand as well, so we have a lot to watch during the summer and yeah. uh, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's grand. Well we'll wrap it up there. Tom Crody, horse the president of uh, Carlo or County Carlo Football Club, rugby club for another football couple of club. weeks. Another yeah. couple of weeks, Steve. What are you going to call me then? Just uh, be Tom, then? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, actually, tell us about that, Tom, while we have you live on air. So a few weeks left, and then it's just a it's a year year long um presidency. Yeah, we are, we only do a year long. We have um I have my last official game being president was the J twos. Um right. we have my um my dinner, which is the president's dinner answer, the Carol dinner answer and president's dinner and rewards is next Friday night in the Dolman. Um, if anybody wants tickets, they're still available. It's going to be a good night. I have to get that out there. And then we have our AGM in probably, it's in June, I think. And then I will hand over the mantle to Mr. Derek Cope, who's our director of program. Derek will do it. Oh, uh, no, Derek. And, uh, yeah, you know Derek. And Derek's a great, really, really good Um I He's been our director of rugby, and uh, I'm be handing it over to a very safe set of hands. Look, I've enjoyed my year anyway. It just really oh, has, good, you know, really have enjoyed it. It's been with the crap start of the year, and we didn't know what we were going to get out of it. And but look, it's been phenomenal for me. I've met a lot of people as I went along, and um, it's and we've had the, the, the old podcast started off with the podcast every week, so it's been great. I've really, really enjoyed it. As you know, and, and the club is the club is in good hands at the moment, and we're we're happy. I was in a tag rugby team with Derry Cope uh, a few years ago when when it was on in Carlo, so uh, I got to know him that way. No, he's great, great club man. Um, yeah, 
Absolutely. Loves it up there. Yeah, it's absolutely stuck in with it up there. But uh, yeah, sure, Tom, well, fingers crossed now we'll be talking about Leinster and Racing slash uh, uh, La Rochelle next week. Ronan O'Gara versus Johnny Sexton. Um, you know, there's lots, there's so much that, that, that can't wait if that's the case. And uh, fingers crossed Leinster do a job against Toulouse uh, at the weekend. But of course, Leinster Munster in a few weeks in the URC. You forgot about the URC. You still have that for a few weeks as well. <laughs> Here was me wrapping up the season already. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think I, I think the URC will kind of keep us going. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's going to be good. With South African yeah. teams coming in. So I think of next, we have, a, we have a little bit to chat about for another week or two. People might put up with us for another couple of weeks yeah, grand. <laughs> we'll try and get Mr Blanchfield and uh, Mr Tobin uh, back as well um, Tom we'll wrap it up there it's been the knock on KCLR and scoreline.ie's weekly rugby podcast available on scoreline.ie and on all streaming platforms as well 